Gary Renard Podcast, Episode 15. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your direct connection to best-selling author Gary Renard. With his two best-selling books, The Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality, and a third book not too far ahead. I'm Gene Bogart, Gary's producer and podcast co-host for these wonderful get-togethers that we have. And, you know, speaking of direct connections with Gary Renard, we're directly connected right now. Say hello, Gary. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Hello, my friend. How are you? Hey, it's been a little while since we've done a podcast and and, an unplanned hiatus, but here we are. Well, that's right. Uh, It's been good talking to you uh, off and on the uh, last couple of months, but we haven't really done many podcasts. And uh, maybe you'd like to explain to the people why. Yes, it's because uh, I went to Mallorca. No, 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 I didn't go anywhere, actually. Yeah, you and I have chatted briefly here and there. A couple of reasons, so people will know. Uh, You've been incredibly busy lately, and we'll talk more about that later, but your schedule has just been madness. You've been all over the place. And you've also had the move where you relocated from the Northeast to Southern California. Now, that took place during this period of time. We've also had a few technical challenges that I think we, uh, if not have solved, we've improved dramatically. We're actually not doing this, a little quick tech comment, we're not doing this over the telephone. We're doing this over a thing called Skype, where you can connect from one computer directly to another computer. So Gary's on his computer in California, I'm on my computer here in South Florida, and we're communicating. But if this all works as planned, Gary's uh, audio quality will sound a bit better, as you've already heard. And uh, on my end, the production end actually will become easier for a number of technical reasons, which we hope will mean we'll have more frequent podcasts. And then, of course, there was Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) That slowed us up a bit as well. But here we are. So uh, I think so people will know for those who are technically inclined, you'll hear that Gary sounds a bit better. There seem to be like little intermittent cutouts just very briefly every now and then. That's just the nature of this connection that we're under. But hopefully that won't be uh, too annoying and it will be less annoying than the telephone sound, which never really sounds great in recordings. So anyway, Gary, why don't you tell us what you've been up to? I've, I've spoken enough now. Well, actually, I just got back from Hawaii uh on friday and i was there for a couple of weeks and it was wonderful i did a workshop on maui which was a lot of fun and uh that was at the yoga studio there in haiku and that wasn't really good and maui was beautiful and i went over to oahu after that i kind of like fell in love with the place all over again you've been there before yeah i've been uh to hawaii about a half a dozen times but uh four of those have been since the books came out Mm-hmm. So I've done workshops there about four times. I'm going back in February uh, to both the Big Island and then Oahu, and I'll be doing workshops on both those places uh, in February, where this time it was just on Maui, and then I used uh, the rest of the week as an excuse to take a quick vacation. Aha. Uh-huh. Did you do any surfing at Waikiki? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. But it is beautiful there. I was there many years ago, but you got a much longer stay. Yeah, I went up to the North Shore on Oahu, and uh, they had 20-foot waves already. Wow. Uh, just awesome to see, and it's, it's a beautiful place, and we had great weather, and uh, I'll tell you, I feel very lucky uh, to be able to do things like this. And then when I got home uh, on Sunday, I did a workshop uh, here in Southern California at the Agape Spiritual Center. Oh, right. I heard about that. Yeah, you mentioned. Yeah, it's in uh, Culver City, of course. That's, uh, you know, Reverend Michael Beckwith. Yeah, I mentioned you. I, I like that guy. I've seen him on a number of different things. He seems like a real cool guy, and you got to work and meet with him in person. 
Yeah, in fact, I spoke at uh, two of the church services that they have. They actually have three church services. Uh, I didn't go to the 6.30 in the morning one, if you don't mind. But, uh, <laughs> we'll let you off the hook. We'll forgive you for that. <laughs> but I did speak at two of them. It's a big place. They had like, you know, 1,500 people wow. at uh, each service, which actually is the biggest crowd that I've spoken in front of so mm-hmm. far. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I liked it. I didn't, you know, feel really any different between uh, I've spoken in front of 500 people, but I've never spoken in front of 1,500. And I didn't really feel any different. And uh, I did that twice. Uh, Michael was really, you know, really generous. He introduced me and uh, said some very nice things. Mm-hmm. And I also did a workshop uh, Sunday afternoon at Agape that was very well attended. And the people there are great, and they have great music. That's something that you would really like about this place. I'm sure. I'd love that. Yeah, just one of those great kind of worship service bands that they have. Well, they have a, first of all, they have a great choir, 50, 60 people. Wow. Then they have uh, these excellent musicians, you know, from the Hollywood area. They're all volunteers, real professional. Mm-hmm. They have big screen TVs, uh, professional camera people. It's, it's like a real production. And in the middle of it all, you have Reverend Michael, who's giving this great message. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he knows the difference between reality and illusions, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that I like him. And he really sticks to teaching people about, uh, you know, the, the true nature that they possess. And uh, so that's another one that I like it. Aside from the music, uh, if you go on the uh, second Wednesday of each month or on the last Sunday of each month, that's when they feature the most music. Uh, they, have, they have what they call extended music days. And uh, Michael's wife writes most of the music. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, and they uh, you know, they just have these fantastic original songs that would, would make the hair stand up on your back. I mean, mm. They're just so uh, beautiful. So it's a great place. And when I'm not traveling, you know, I really like to go there. Yeah, now he's not specifically a Course in Miracles person, but from what I've heard him speak, he, as you said, he seems to be of the same kind of mindset in general. Uh, definitely. He uh, sticks to the message of, you know, the reality of spirit and what you really are. And I think it's ironic that he's achieved, you know, such fame because of the secret. Mm-hmm. Because uh, everybody else in the movie, and, you know, they kind of like into uh, making things happen in the world and about how that's what it's all about. They're kind of like about the level of form. Which is the manifesting here in the physical reality or the physical not reality, right? And they're usually not about the, the level of cause, which is the mind, right? And of course, of course, a miracle says, you know, this is a course in cause and not effect. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, you know, seek not to change the world, seek rather to change your mind about the world. And uh, you know, Michael strikes me as being more like that. And so I think it's ironic that he, uh, you know, gone on Oprah and Larry King because of the secret. And this uh, place is getting so popular now, they have to, you know, turn so many people away, they're probably going to have to get a bigger building. Wow. And yet the message that he's delivering is a very spiritual message, which mm-hmm. is not about getting things in the world. It's about uh, achieving a peace of mind in spirit that can be there for you regardless of what appears to be happening in the world. Right. And as, you, as you've so often said, that it's, there's nothing wrong with having nice things and having a nice apparency here in what seems to be the physical world but that's not the end goal and that's not the important goal it's nice when it's there but the real important thing is the spirit exactly and i think that that's part of the uh, irony of the course in miracles is that even though it's not about achieving things in the world that you can still have that stuff anyway mm-hmm. you know it's not about giving it up it's just about changing your focus to the way that you're looking at things right rather than what it is that you're looking at and uh 
I think the irony is is that not only can you still have the things in this world, but you can enjoy them more. Because as you practice the kind of forgiveness that is taught in A Course in Miracles, you achieve uh, a place where you have less guilt in the mind. Now, if you have less guilt in the mind, then you're going to enjoy everything more. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, for me, this kind of spirituality isn't about, you know, giving up uh, the good things in the world that you that you like. It's not about, you know, giving up the romantic walks on the beach and the beautiful sunsets and the great art and, you know, the, the fine music and the movies that I like to go to. I actually enjoy these things more than I ever did mm -hmm. because of practicing this kind of spirituality. That's why I say it's ironic because at first people think it's about giving up those things. And it's really not about giving up those things. And the end result is that you actually end up enjoying them more. I guess it's really giving up the attachment to those things. You give up the, any idea of them being important. And then you actually can enjoy them more because you don't fear losing them because you realize there's nothing really there. It's just the illusion that's pleasant while you move towards the true reality. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think you have to, uh, you know, kind of like, you know, give up uh, things at all. I mean, you know, like when you and I happen to get together in Southern Florida, we like to go out and have a good time. Oh, sure. And, uh, I'm sure a few people in the area may have noticed that. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're still talking about it. Yes. And uh, <laughs> like to go to the uh, the Maikai. I love the Maikai, Hawaiian and Florida. Yes, that was uh, Johnny Carson's favorite place. Right, right. And we know why. No, great, yes. great restaurant and, and wonderful theme. Great restaurant, uh, you know, Polynesian theme. They happen to have a uh, authentic Polynesian review with these uh, very uh, talented uh, hula dancers, and, uh, and the waitresses uh, dress very nice, also. Yes, they, yes. I noticed you enjoyed that part of the illusion. Yeah. Hey, we'll have to. I'll have to call my friends at the Maikai, which is very close to where I live, and let them know that they've been talked about in this podcast. It's free advertising, not like they need it. <laughs> I'll be back next year. We'll have to go there again. Oh, they look forward to you. They always ask, hey, where's your friend, the author? He's great, you know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, but the point is, I mean, you know, we enjoy these kinds of things uh, just as much, if not more, than most people. And uh, at the same time, you can practice this kind of spirituality where you're forgiving everything mm -hmm. at the level of the mind. And it's kind of like apples and oranges. You know, you're forgiving at the level of the mind uh, because you're changing the way that you're looking at things. And at the same time, it's kind of like you get to have your cake and eat it, too. Mm -hmm. Because uh, you can live a normal life, have the kinds of things you would have had anyway. It's just that the focus is a little different. It's kind of like you're looking at it differently. Mm -hmm. And once you, you take the fear out of the equation, or certainly minimize it, then the enjoyment grows. Even even when you realize, and I guess because you realize that it's, it is the illusion, but it can be a pleasant illusion while you seem to still be connected to it, and you don't have the fear of loss. That's right. I mean, that's true. So uh, I had a great time in Hawaii. I'm having a good time here in Southern California. There's a lot of uh, good things happening here. I'm probably appearing in Southern California about once a month now. Ah. Uh, that's in addition to my other travels, which, as you know, are, are extensive. Right. And uh, I'm really enjoying it here. The people here are great. I like uh, to, to appear here fairly regularly if I can. Mm -hmm. uh, I just got on the cover of the Learning Annex here in Los Angeles, which is a pretty mainstream type thing, considering uh, you know the kind of spirituality uh, that I'm teaching, and uh, you know it's a lot of fun to be able to share this kind of a message here. I find that there's a lot of openness mm -hmm. uh, to it, and at the same time, I'm getting to discover the area 
and uh, it's really a lot of fun, despite all the fires that have been having. Yeah, yeah, there's a negative part of the illusion right there, but uh, yeah, that's got to be very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah, this has been the driest year in history in uh, California. Then we add the uh, Santa Ana winds to that, which kind of like blow through these canyons, kind of like a funnel. Yeah. And uh, get up to 78 miles an hour, it makes for a pretty bad combination. That's like a convection oven. Yeah, but, uh, you know, aside from that, uh, i got to admit I'm having a really good time here. Yeah, well, you know, it's like Persa said, you know, any day that you wake up on Psycho Planet, you just don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Uh, I think uh, she was referring to the day that, uh, you know, Thomas got his head cut off <laughs> in India. Some days are worse than others, of course. Right, and, and she said, you know, when, when you're in a body, you just never know what kind of a day it's going to be. Right. <laughs> Now, when you mentioned uh, that uh, in Southern California that you're doing uh, a number of sort of regular appearances, are these at different uh, venues, or are you? is there one regular thing, or just so people will know if they're in that area? Yeah, it's not a regular thing. It's at uh, different venues. A lot of people here have asked me if I'm going to do like a study group or a you know, steady meeting, and uh, at least right now the answer is no, because uh, I feel guided to travel around mm-hmm. and uh, spread the message to a lot of different places. I know that a lot of uh, people who used to study A Course in Miracles and who kind of gave up on it uh, have come back to it recently mm-hmm. because of parents and also uh, you know, your immortal reality. And uh, so I feel that that's working and that I should be you know, traveling around quite a bit. And of course you have a lot of new students and, uh, and you have a lot of the ones who have kind of like regained a lot of enthusiasm for it. So you know, I think that I should stick to that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, this is a good place to be to do all these different appearances because you get to meet a lot of uh, different people, and it leads to the sharing of the message in many different ways. Right. Uh, you just never know what's going to happen. I, I just did my first uh, TV show in New York City. Uh, There's a show called New Realities. Yeah, you had mentioned you mentioned that to me, and yeah, talk a little bit about that because I'm sure people and we may have a lot of listeners for the podcast in New York, so they can see it, and it's also available on the web. So yeah, give me the the basics on what you did there. Yeah, the guy who hosted his name is uh, Alan Steinfeld, and uh, the show is uh, on Warner Cable in New York City in Manhattan, and it's actually seen by over a million people. Wow! And uh, it was a panel discussion. With a few other people, one of one was in, uh, you know, what the bleep, and another one uh, is an expert on orbs, these energy things, mm-hmm. and I was uh, kind of like representing spirituality, I guess. And uh, there's a medical intuitive, her name was uh, Susie Ormond, she was on there, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a good panel, and it was a good show. Plus, I'm going to take one by myself with Alan, uh, probably in January, mm-hmm. and uh, it was interesting because it was my first show, kind of like getting my feet wet. Uh, I've gotten used to being on camera because one of the other things that's happened as a result of me being here in Southern California is that I've been interviewed for like four movies now. Mm. And uh, the first one people know about, that's Living Luminaries, which was the uh, featured selection of the Spiritual Cinema Circle in July. And it should be available on DVD soon. But there are three more. Uh, There's one called What If that should be out around the beginning of the year. There's another one called uh, Leap Beyond Delusion. Then there's another one called Three Magic Words, and those could all be out within a year or so. Mm, three Magic so, Words. What are the Three Magic Words, Gary? You know, actually, uh, you're supposed to guess that yourself by watching the movie. <laughs> I mess up with that. They don't actually tell you in the movie what, what the three words are. Oh. You're supposed to 
kind of like uh, come up with a conclusion of your own That's as a result of watching what we say. Uh -huh. But uh, I would say that those three magic words are very much in harmony with uh, what Arden Persis said the absolute truth was in DU. Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, we call the disappearance in the universe DU for short. And right. uh, you know, it's very much in harmony with what they said the absolute truth was in DU. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to do the movie because you know, the message was uh, pretty much the same, even though I certainly wouldn't use the word magic. Right. At the same time, the message is very much uh, the same. Cool. Now, is this uh, something you just did very recently, and it's, it'll be out in the early part of next upcoming year here? Well, I think the next one that'll be out is the one that's called What If, okay. and that should be out early in the year. But it could be a good year before the other two are out. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's fun to do these things, and I've been making a lot of friends and a lot of contacts and a lot of people in the uh, television industry, and uh, there are a lot of interesting things that are kind of like, I think, going to be coming up in the next couple of years. And uh, I think that's why I'm here in Southern California, because oh. all of these... Well, it's one of the reasons you're there. <laughs> I mean, if it was up to me, Gene, I, I probably would already be in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the irony, uh, ironies that I talk about is, uh, you know, for those of you who, uh, who don't know, I just recently went through a divorce. And uh, my wife, Karen, is moving to Hawaii in January. <laughs> this is the first I've heard of that. Oh, yeah. man. Talk and, about uh, irony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody knows how much you know, I love Hawaii, and she beat me there. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's incredible. And in case she's listening to this, hi, Karen. We have met. We, we love Karen. Um, but that um, her moving to Hawaii, that, that is remarkable. See? Yeah, it really is. And uh, people are going to see in the next book that, uh, and for those who don't know, we've, we've mentioned this before, but the topic of the next book is love, mm -hmm. but it's not love the way that the world traditionally thinks about it. It's uh, kind of like this all-encompassing, you know, kind of love, which is the experience that a great spiritual teaching like A Course in Miracles is directed toward. Uh, you know, at one point in the Course, uh, Jesus, who is the voice of the Course, says, you know, a universal theology is impossible, but a universal experience is not only possible, but necessary. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of what the next book is about, uh, it's called Love Has Forgotten No One. And uh, the topic of it is love, but it's really about living from this place of love and forgiveness. And uh, even though it's not about producing results on the level of form, it does produce a different experience, that's for sure. Uh, we may not always have a choice as to what we experience. But we always have a complete choice as to how we experience it. And uh, when you choose to experience love and, and choose with the Holy Spirit and start coming from a place of love, as my teacher said, you know, you don't have to go looking for love when that's where you're coming from. Mm. You know, and they also said to me in the second book, they said, uh, you know, why don't you, why don't you just forget about whether or not they love you and just love them? And if you start to come from that kind of a place, from that kind of experience, then uh, remarkable things can happen. Uh, and that's really what happened in the case of uh, Karen and I. You know, if you told me uh, a year ago that this was going to end up being a positive situation for both of us, I never would have believed it. Mm -hmm. But now we've gotten to a point where, you know, not only were we able to work out our own divorce settlement amongst ourselves without these two lawyers who were trying to, you know, bleed us dry, <laughs> 
uh, and we kind of like, you know, ended up telling them what to do and, uh, you know, just worked out the whole thing by ourselves. But then on top of that, uh, we're really good friends. You know, I just talked to her on the phone last night. We exchange emails. You know, we advise each other. We help each other. And uh, it's really possible to have amazing things happen. Uh, because she got back into A Course in Miracles, you know, uh, after we broke up. Ah. And that, that really surprised me because she hadn't been into the course for about 10 years. Hmm. And uh, after we broke up, she read both of my books again. And uh, then she started doing the workbook of A Course in Miracles. I think she's on workbook lesson number 250 now. Mm -hmm. And uh, she started reading uh, Ken Wapnick's materials. Uh, Ken has this uh, thing he did called A Journey Through the Workbook. Yeah, I've heard of and, that. I haven't read that, but I, I know of that, yeah. Yeah, you can read it at the same time that you do the workbook. Uh -huh. And it might take you a little bit longer to do the workbook, but it's worth it. Because, I mean, he may he might write anywhere from five to nine pages about a particular workbook lesson, but if you read it, then you really understand the workbook lesson much better. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are doing that, and they're getting so much more out of the workbook by doing that. And I think that... Uh, it really adds a dimension to it and explains it and helps you to get it on a deeper level. It's worth it. I mean, even, even if it took you a couple extra months, you know, to do the workbook, that would be worth doing rather than just doing one lesson every day, kind of like hit or miss. You know, maybe you understand it, maybe you don't. Well, you, you definitely have to focus on it. I mean, you really have to apply it. You can't just read it like you're reading a, an article and then move on. You really have to spend time on them. That's true. Even once you uh, start to get the understanding of it, then you still have to apply it. Mm -hmm. I, I would be willing to take uh, you know two days instead of one day to do a workbook lesson if I'm going to get that much more out of it. And uh, you know, so I think I'm, eventually I'm even going to do that myself. I'll probably do the workbook again, and I'll uh, read Ken's material at the same time that I'm doing it. And uh, I, I just think it adds a lot more. And I can see the results that Karen is getting from mm -hmm. doing it. I mean, she's blowing my mind with all this stuff. It's like. You know, she's uh, she went from being someone who even wasn't that that interested in it to being like a teacher in a very short period of time. Wow! Uh, I could see her changing, coming from this place of love, lightening up. You know, having a better time, and uh, so I'm really happy about that. In fact, when I go back to Hawaii in February, I'm going to take her out to dinner. Ah! Uh, she'll be living there, and I won't be. And. Uh, <laughs> Be careful if she takes you to a cliffside restaurant because she just might push a little. No, I'm only kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, that's okay. I'll, I'll take you to a beachfront restaurant. That's safer, that. safer. You guys were together a long time, right? Oh, 25 years. Wow, yeah. So that's uh, that's wonderful. You know, I, I know people who've had very bad breakups and divorces, and then I know people who've had very good ones, and they actually remain, as you're saying, very good friends, very loving and close to the people. And, you know, when you spend a long portion of your life it has to be based at, at some point on something very worthwhile, even if it turned out to be not, you know, the perfect relationship. But hopefully you could get rid of the garbage and keep the part that was good and do have a nice relationship, you know, that's ongoing beyond that. So it sounds like that's what you got going on here. Yeah, that's true. And uh, a couple of points about that. First of all, the fact that we were together, you know, 25 years, you know, it's not like we didn't try. You know, it's not like we, right. we gave up early or, you know, gave up easily. <laughs> Uh, we really did try, and I would have felt bad, I think, about the fact that it didn't appear to work on the level of form if that's where I was coming from. If I was paying attention to the level of form, which is the effect, instead of the mind, which is the cause, 
then I would have felt bad forever. And, uh, you know, because my idea of a successful relationship, obviously, is the one where it works, you know, where the people live happily ever after. And people have asked me, well, if you're practicing forgiveness right, then aren't you supposed to stay together and make it work? And the answer is no. Mm. Uh, forgiveness is done at the level of the mind. And uh, that's why Arden and Persa gave me their definition of a successful relationship in the second book. Their idea of a successful relationship is a relationship where you either are forgiving or you have forgiven the other person. You know, that's a successful relationship. And uh, if you do, then you're using it for the Holy Spirit's purposes, which is forgiveness. It's not about what it looks like. You know, if you think that you have to make everything in the world look right and come out right, uh, then you're really missing the point. Uh, it doesn't have to always go good or look good. You know, you look at Jesus at the end of his life, mm -hmm. uh, things weren't exactly going good. You know, but the point is it didn't matter because his peace was there for him and uh, his happiness was there for him regardless of what appeared to be happening, you know, in the world. And that's the point. You know, we can't look for our happiness or for our peace of mind out there on the screen because all the screen does is change. You know, it does is shift and change. It's unreliable. It's chaotic. But the peace that we're going for, the peace of God, you know, according to A Course in Miracles, denies the ability of anything not of God to affect us. So what we want to do is, is achieve a peace of mind and happiness that will be there for us regardless of whether or not it seems to work out or uh, everybody lives happily ever after. And because uh, the world is not going to live happily ever after, at least not until the very end when you have no conflict in the mind. And that's the only time that you're going to have no conflict in the world. Because what we're seeing is uh, in the world, all this madness that we see in the world is there because there is conflict in the mind. And it's not until you remove that conflict that you can possibly have, uh, you know, everything working out uh, in the world. And that, that's the way it will be at the end. You know, that's when the, uh, the lion lies down with the lamb because you don't have any more conflict in the mind. And so it can't show up, you know, out there in the world. But the point is we're dealing with the cause now instead of the effect. And the effect just follows naturally. It's not something you have to worry about. Uh, in fact, it's something that you have to trust the Holy Spirit to take care of. Because our job, you know, according to A Course in Miracles, is simply to forgive. Our, you know, it says, uh, you know, the sole responsibility of the miracle worker is to accept the atonement for himself. So all that we need to do is forgive and then trust the Holy Spirit to do the rest. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and presented by Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of this program is copyright 2007, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. For further information about Gary Renard and his books and activities, please visit his own website, the one he named himself. That's www.garyrenard.com. This is Gene Bogart saying thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll be here again with us next time on the Gary Renard Podcast, where we always close out by saying, Whatever the situation or question, forgiveness is always the answer. Yeah, I think that'd be good.